idea of what it's like to be in a third world country. And Lord, we, uh, we are just encouraged to know that you work just as easily and just as well in countries where they don't have all the modern conveniences we do. So we just pause to lift up Honduras, Aston Velma, their ministry there as well, and all the churches they minister to. And we just pray that you would continue that work, uh, Lord, of calling, calling your people home to you. Lord, we do thank you for those who were able to, get, to go and to make the sacrifices necessary. And we uh, look forward to hearing their testimony tonight of your goodness, of your grace. Uh, Father, we just uh, ask for your special blessing on them tonight. Encourage their hearts, Father. Give them a, a sense of peace, a sense of uh, comfort that they can, might speak the truth, uh, speak about your work. And Lord, most of all, we pray that through this, Christ may be honored and glorified. Uh, you are as uh, alive and powerful and working here in America as you are there, perhaps in different ways, but you are able. So we just commend uh, this time to you and pray that Christ's name would be lifted up and glorified. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. Good evening, everybody. I don't know how far to stand away from this thing. Uh, so that was uh, the video taken from the Honduras mission trip that we had late November, early December. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Matt and putting that together. Um, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I just uh, want to say a few things and introduce the team that was able to go. And uh, uh, basically what I want to do is just... Uh, talk briefly and, and just encourage you guys, my brothers and sisters, our visitors, uh, about missions, sharing our faith. Um, I'd like to open with a prayer real quick. Lord knows I need it. Uh, if y'all would, just bow your heads for me. Father God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity, Lord, uh, for this time you've given us here tonight as a family as brothers and sisters, as a local church. Lord, we uh, thank you for the visitors that have come tonight to, to hear about this mission trip, uh, to hear testimonies of what we've seen you do for the goodness and grace that you've given through us, with us, um, to touch others, to be help to others. Lord, uh, we know that ultimately you are the help, you are the answer that we need, that they need, that the whole world needs. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with each person of our team as they speak tonight. Lord, that uh, our brothers and sisters here and our visitors can see their hearts. Lord, but uh, ultimately that they can see you through them. Uh, Lord, I thank you again. Lord, let you be glorified in this place through us. and uh, That we not receive any glory, but rather you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, again. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want to quickly introduce the team. Uh, we, we had the privilege uh, of getting this mission trip up, and, and Lord willing, hopefully we can do it again and again and uh, do more local missions and uh, do more international missions. Um, so like I said, December, uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, uh, we, we headed out to, to Honduras. Uh, there was uh, one, two, three, how many of it was? Six, yep, six. Matt Willard. Uh, was on the team, Michael Brown, Bobby Nielsen, Michelle Nielsen, myself, and my father, Gary. Um, and uh, we had an excellent time. But you'll hear more. I'm going to introduce the team. Uh, at, excuse me. After I speak, they're going to come up one by one and, and give a little testimony of what they experienced. Uh, for some of them, it was the first time on a mission trip. And for some of them, it was the first time out of the United States. So, um, Real quick, real quick, I want to be clear. I, I, I know we use a lot of pronouns like I and we, but uh, I, want you to, I want you to know that when, when, when we do, and I think I speak for our whole team, uh, we don't want any glory. We don't want any honor. Um, yeah, we went. We saw. We did. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, it, was, it was ultimately God who allowed that to happen. God gave the funds, God gave the time, God gave the energy, God gave the talents, and he's the one that gets the glory. Um, and I don't, I, that's my whole message, that's the, that's the, that's the preliminary message of what I want us, want you guys to hear from us. Uh, and I think, and I know I speak for our team. Um, a little bit about Honduras, um, it's located in Central America, uh, which is a part of the continent of North America. Um, approximately 10.6 million people 
live in Honduras. Spanish is the spoken language, is the primary language. It is the third poorest country in this, hemis in this hemisphere behind Haiti and Nicaragua. Uh, the GNI, which stands for Gross National Income, which is basically the average income uh, for Honduras, is $2,700. Just to put it in perspective, Haiti, being the poorest country in this hemisphere, is $1,600. And just so we can all relate to that, here in the United States, we're looking at about 64000 now, some of us make, some, some of us don't make that, but you can get the, the vast difference of that. So, uh, but my message is brief, not going to take up a lot of time. Uh, what God put on my heart was to encourage you, uh, to be of encouragement to you, to share your faith. Um, I pulled up some stats from the internet. More than four in ten say they feel a personal responsibility to share their religious beliefs about Christ with non-Christians. But when asked how many times they'd shared with somebody how to become a Christian, 78% say zero. That's pretty astounding. About 10% say they've shared with one person in the last six months. Nearly six in 10 say they'd not even invited someone to church, while about one in five say they'd invited one person in the last six months. The book of Matthew 28, 19, 20, I know a lot of you know this. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, it's interesting, there was a, there was a self-proclaimed atheist, and, and some of you may know this person, Penn Fraser Gillette. He's of the eccentric magician team, Penn and Teller. He said he had no respect for Christians who do not share their faith. On a YouTube video posted at thinkchristian.net, a new Back to God Ministries international website, Penn shares a powerful monologue about a polite and kind businessman who handed him a Gideon's Bible. Touched by the man's gesture, Penn testifies, and I quote, If you believe there is a heaven and a hell, and you think it's not worth telling someone about it, how much do you have to hate them to not proselytize, to believe that everything, everlasting life is possible and not to tell people? My encouragement is this. God has called you, if you're a born-again Christian and, and, and God has restored you and you're regenerate and your heart is regenerate, to share your faith. It's not an option. Uh, it's not enough to come to church and listen to sermons. It's not, it's not enough just to, just to, uh, uh, come to come to church on Sundays. We live in a world that is dying we live, we live in the world uh, where people go to hell every day. And uh, in this country, more than any time, more than, more, more than ever, we need God's grace. We need God's mercy, but we need to hear about Jesus. And that those of us who know the truth, we have to tell the truth. We have to speak the truth, and we have to do it out of love. Uh, there, uh, in Romans 10, 13 through 15... It says, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him to whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things. We all have a responsibility. Uh, our little group here had a chance to go, but uh, we couldn't have gone without those of you that, that helped send us, whether it was monetarily, uh, your prayers. It takes, it takes a whole church to come together and to share the good news. Um, the time is now. There is no tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if how many of you have seen Rocky Three. 
There's a, there's a part in Rocky Three where, I don't know if you know much about Rocky Three, but anyway, Rocky was, uh, he'd just gotten defeated by Clubber Lane, Mr. T, and uh, Apollo Creed is training them. They're training, they're in the, they're in the, uh, uh, the boxing ring, and, he, and, and Apollo's giving him right hook, left hook, and he's, he's saying, come on, Rocky, come on, come on. And, and, and Rocky says, tomorrow, let's do it tomorrow. And the creed screaming says, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Second uh, Corinthians 6, 2, for he says, at the acceptable time, I've listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So my encouragement is, is, is to you, brothers and sisters. Lord willing, we'll have more times to, uh, to, to, to have uh, uh, mission trips, local and international, Lord willing. But every day we have a chance. I'm sure each and, one, each and every one of us has passed 50 people today we could have we shared Jesus Christ with. Uh, my encouragement is let's be serious. Let's get down to business. Um, Let's do God's work. Um, and, 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 and it's the blessing that I know, I speak for myself, and I know I can speak for the group. The blessing you do, you get when you do share your faith with people, and people come to know Jesus. I mean, that is a miracle. There's no greater miracle than that, 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 a, that an ungenerate person becomes born again. Uh, and you get to be a part of it. We're called to be a part of it. And... Uh, um, I know I'm a little bit all over the place, not really good at public speaking, but uh, I, I, hope I've, I hope you've understood what I've tried to say. I know it's not perfect, but anyway, um, um, thank you guys for the time. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for, uh, for those of you that have given to, to help us go. Uh, thank, thank you all. I know all you've been in prayer, and, and, and I know a lot of you expressed interest in going again, and, and we'll try to next year or this year. Uh, change the dates around and maybe a little bit more of us can go. Um, it, it, you'll, you'll, you'll never regret it. You'll be changed forever and, and you'll be the better for it. Not, not just, uh, not just what, you, what we can do for, in the name of the Lord for other people, but what you experience yourself. It's the best education you'll ever get. It's better than any university uh, that you'll ever attend. It's better than any, uh, any experience that you can have uh, here in our country. Um, Next, I want to I want to introduce uh, uh, Bobby, Bobby and Michelle, or just Bobby maybe. All right, come on up. Thanks, guys. Uh, good evening, everyone. As Ashley said, my name is Bobby Nielsen. For those of you that I haven't met, I know most most people here, but uh, uh, first of all, just want to thank God for. Um, being able to speak with you guys this evening and uh, also for allowing us to go on the mission trip um, to Honduras. You know, uh, God has a plan for our lives. You know, there's highs and lows in our lives, and, and, uh, but he is sovereign, and he knows all things. So we think that it's our plan sometimes, but he is in control at all times. For example, this trip. You know, it was on our heart to go on this trip. But, you know, we told Ashley numerous occasions, you know, we're just we're going to work. You know, we're not we're not evangelists, uh, you know, uh, we're not good speakers, so we just we're just going to, to work and we don't wanna evangelize or anything like that. We just wanna pick stuff up, put it down, you know. Uh, just just work well you know uh, sometimes when we got a plan you know God laughs at our plans you know he's got other plans for us so uh, you know we're just uncomfortable with things but uh, but we just uh, got to trust God and and do what he called us to do so but we you know we uh, Next thing you know, we're like we're getting ready for this trip, and people start people start not being able to go that was planning to go and stuff. So it starts uh, putting doubt and putting doubt in our our minds, and you know we think uh, you know are we 
not supposed to go or, you know, uh, just uh, considered backing out ourselves, you know. And but but you know, God had another plan for us, and uh, through His sovereignty. So next thing you know, here we are. We're on a plane headed to Honduras, you know. Uh, so first, you know, day is planned. We we go, and, you know, we work. We work half a day because it's hot there, super hot, and just half a day is pretty about all you can can take at the at the heat level, you know, that we're not used to. So uh, uh, we leave and go get cleaned up and get ready for go get ready for lunch. And of course, we're we're told, you know, we're going to go visit some villages after after we have lunch. And little, you know, little do we know, you know. Uh, that that what we had in store for us so uh god god had a plan and uh well 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 here we are we're we're talking to people about jesus after lunch in a in, in a village even though we were like you know we're not going to evangelize you know we we're not prepared for we're not prepared for this <laughs> you know uh but here we are praying for people and we're just meeting for the first time, you know. Vilma's uh, interpreting for us, you know, so uh, telling us what what they're what's going on in their lives and asking them and and just um, asking them if we can pray for them. Putting, you know, can and you know we had no idea we were <laughs> going to be really doing this, you know. And uh, but you know, in God's God's plan, this is what He had for us, and uh, so. Um, you know, they didn't even understand us, but yet, you know, uh, here, here we are, you know, praying for these people when we're just, we're just thinking we're coming to work, you know. So the next, next day, same thing, you know, we work and, and uh, get cleaned up, and here we are, another, another village, you know. And even though we did it the day before, you know, it's just we were so nervous to do that. To, to share, you know, to share like that. We're, we're not kind of like Ashley, you know, I'm not used to getting up in front of people and talking to people or anything like that, just kind of reclusive, you know, but, uh, but, you know, try, you know, I'm just like nervous on the inside, you know, uh, shaking like a leaf, you know, but trying to be calm on the outside, you know, just uh, trying to keep it together. But, um, you know, just done, you know, uncomfortable, you know, feeling, feeling unprepared, feeling unprepared and, and just inadequate to be doing this, you know, and, uh, but tried to follow like Aston and, and Vilma's lead, you know, along with the others there and just sharing Jesus with them, telling them, you know, that he has a plan for them, you know, uh, but so the more that we shared with others, it seemed like the more comfortable it become. And uh, you know, uh, day after day, we we you know we did this. We would work a half a day, and and then we would go share in these villages. And and they're they're telling us that you know it's such a blessing for us to be there for them. But really, God was doing the blessing in our lives. You know, just, um, uh, ex, you know, growing, he was growing our faith in this. You know, it's, 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 a, it's bad that we have to go to another country to, for him to open our eyes to what he'll have, you know, us do and the work that he would have us do. But, um, it was just an incredible experience to get to go over there and share the share the gospel with people. So the big takeaway for me, and I think God wanted me to learn through this experience, is we need to get out of our comfort zone. Even standing up here is out of my comfort zone. You know, but get out of our comfort zone and share the gospel with people. Tell people about, about Jesus. You know, there's... Uh, there may be some here tonight, you know, that, that don't know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, you know. And in short, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus 
being born from a virgin, lived a perfect life with no sin, took upon himself the punishment for our sins and the death on a cross so that we could be saved from death and eternal separation from him, from God. There could be others out there that are just afraid to share, like myself, just afraid to share the gospel with people. You know, or just, or just don't know how to share. You know, so, but, but God has called those who believe to share the gospel. He tells us in Luke 10, verse 2, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We need to pray for God to use us. Or to, you know, to, to, uh, to put people in our past to pray for, to witness to, or just to have an encouraging word for. You never know what people are going through in their life, and God may use us to share something that would really help them. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit guide us and be obedient to what He's doing. You know, what, what He's telling, telling us. But the Bible says, and also in John uh, 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So God draws people. And we never know who, you know, he might be drawing. And, and we could, you know, give that word, that just encouragement, that help, that just would, uh, would bring them, bring them to him. He wants... He, you know, we may need to uh, take that step and let God use us. He wants, he wants to use us to glorify Him. That's what we were made for. We don't do anything without Him leading us. We just have to be willing. The Bible says in Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's an urgency for us as believers to share the message of salvation through Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. So I just encourage each and every one of you who believe the truth to be ready and willing to share with others the gift that God has given you through Jesus Christ's Son. And if you don't know Him as your personal Lord and Savior, don't wait. Cry out to Him for Him to save you we never know when we may breathe our last breath. None of us are promised tomorrow. You know, today is a day of repentance, the Bible says. So we can either be judged in Christ or without Christ. And this is just what God has you know, shared with me and put on my heart to tell you guys. You know, um, I hope it can encourage you to share with people. This trip has really encouraged me to share and don't be afraid don't be afraid to tell people about Jesus so that's just uh, you know I just thank everybody that give towards the trip I'm sure God will bless your your giving and, and uh, that's all I have to say thank you guys Okay, so um, also like Bobby, I'm very nervous, not a public speaker, so just bear with me. <laughs> as I'll just look at my family. Okay, I'll just try to focus on them <laughs> just to get through it. I I'm also going to read also just so I don't give you guys a big serving of a word salad and get really emotional. Uh, so, so I'll just get started. So there were several experiences that were so impactful and life-changing for me, but before I share some of my experiences, uh, I just want to make a comparison between Honduras and America. You know, Ashley started out with that as well, but um, we all know Honduras is a third world country, and we all have a general idea of what we think that means, but until you actually see it, uh, I don't think there's a way of understanding that. And even the glimpse that we had into seeing the poverty and the ordinary day-to-day -day life of the people in that environment, we still didn't personally experience it. So even then, we, we truly don't understand. I mean, there's just no way. Um, 
we, we just take for granted, I mean, this is just a, a given for us. We take for granted that we have safe, temperature-controlled homes. We have, you know, air conditioning in the summer. We have heat in the winter. Um, we have running water and, and hot water at that. Hot water. They don't have running hot water. Um, they don't have indoor plumbing. We have indoor plumbing. Um, we don't necessarily worry where the next dollar will come from or where our next meal will come from. There's tons of jobs to be had in America. And even if your income is on the low side, you still may have access to some sort of government subsidy. And we all know how to read and write. So these are just the basic things we take for granted. Um, and never mind not even having a concern for the need for basic first aid, such as access to clean bandages or even antibiotics. Um, in Honduras, many people don't have job security to even know how long they will be paid. They worry about having enough to feed their families. They don't have any type of subsidy or government programs. And most, all of the jobs are very low pay. Some can't read and write, and uh, they don't have access to basic health care like we do. And in, the, in an, another experience we had in Honduras, there were so many bad roads with giant potholes that were literally impossible to dodge just because there were, just, there were simply too many of them. Uh, there would be young men and boys out there in the heat with shovels trying to fill the potholes. I guess, I'm assuming with what dirt they could dig up from the side of the road, just in hopes that some passerby would give them a little money. I'm guessing maybe a limpira or two, and just to put that in perspective, that's about the equivalent of four or eight cents. Uh, in America, we just have panhandlers uh, holding up signs asking for money. So, so that's kind of a you know, something to think about, the contrast there. But anyway, uh, with all that being said, the most impactful experience for me was the last day of the building pro project in the village. Uh, I wasn't able to help with the labor anymore since they were working on scaffolds. So Vilma, which is Aston's wife, Ashley's sister-in-law, uh, was going to take me and Gary, Ashley's dad, to a few houses to evangelize while the rest of the guys finished up what they were doing. We were actually going to go to about one or two houses and then to the market, but, but Gary kept asking to go to another house. <laughs> so, interesting, uh, well, I talked to Velma yesterday and she told me uh, she was actually running out of ideas of where we could go. And Gary had asked her to go to just one more house. And I didn't really know that she was like struggling to come up with where to go, but she told me she was having a hard time with that. Anyway, um, we walked back to the building site and a little boy named Christian ran up and hugged Velma. So she asked where he lived. Now, um, we walked down this little wooded path past Anselma's house. This is the lady that we were building for. Um, and that's where Christian's house was. And his dad was there. His dad greeted us. Vilma said, Ola, asked if we could come in for a visit. He was really happy to welcome us into his home. He brought out the plastic chairs from his backyard, brought them inside his house for us to sit and talk with him. And, and when I say happy, I mean he was really genuinely happy to welcome us in. I mean, can you imagine going up to America saying, Ola, hey, can I come in and talk to you? I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, Vilma was translating, and this is the first part of my story that's very striking. He said, I knew this day was coming. This is the day that the Lord has made. Uh, he actually said that several times and, and was really so happy when he said it. So that just, you know, was very striking to me. Uh, his hand, I think he's in the picture. Yeah, this is a gentleman in the picture. You see his hand is in an ace wrap. So Vilma asked about his hand that was in the ace wrap, ace wrap. And he explained in detail to her, but the best I could gather was, uh, as she was translating, that he had hurt his hand a few weeks earlier. It must have been a bad injury or got infected because he was really worried that he was either going to lose his hand or lose use of his hand to work. Um, hence how we take basic health care for granted. You know, who would think that a hand injury could be that, you know, scary for someone, and he was scared. Um, he said he wasn't close to God. He didn't go to church, but he called out to God. And uh, this is the second striking part as he's telling the story. He said he prayed to God, and he said, Lord, I know I've been disobedient. And, that, and I quote, that's what he said. Uh, but will you heal my hand so I can work? Otherwise, he was explaining that he wouldn't be able to provide food for his family if he couldn't work. He knew that he needed to come to God with a contrite heart and repent. And, and I think that was just the Holy Spirit leading him. He didn't get a lesson in Theology 101. He just knew he needed the Lord. Um, Acts 3.19 says, repent, then turn to God. 2 Peter 3.9 says God wants everyone to come to repentance. 
2 Timothy 2.25 talks about God granting repentance, then leading them in a knowledge of the truth. Mark 1.15 says the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. And in Acts 20, Paul says, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So, uh, and he said that his hand was getting better. I mean, he, he was very, you know, joyous. He was so happy, but he said his hand was getting better. And then he said again, I knew this day was coming. This is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the whole time he's saying that, what I'm thinking of is Psalms 118.24. And that says, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I can tell you, he was very glad and rejoicing. Uh, I think this psalm refers to the day of deliverance, the day when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and this psalm is about salvation to me. After that, Gary, Ashley's dad, asked if he wanted to be saved, and he said yes. Uh, Gary offered to lead him in prayer, so we stood up. But when we stood up, this man just held up his hands and began praying with such passion and sincerity. Vilma translated a little, but he was just crying out to God, asking for forgiveness and asking for salvation. No one led him in a repeat-after-me prayer. That was um, very amazing to me. Uh, I asked if he had a Bible. He said he didn't read, and he, couldn't, uh, he, didn't, he didn't have a Bible, and he couldn't read, nor did he go to church. But he knew this was the day that the Lord has made, and he knew to come to God in repentance. And, and that just was really striking to me. Um, I definitely think it's safe to assume he's never heard of Psalm 118. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit impressed that on his heart, and I think it's safe to assume that he missed that Theology 101 class. I think that was also the Holy Spirit telling him. That was an authentic conversion, and I've never witnessed that before. Anyway, uh, he went on to tell us that his son could read, so he did want a Bible, and uh, that he would get his son to read to him. So when we gave him a Bible, I was really just like urgently writing down all the Bible verses and, and the order of things I thought would be a good place to start reading, you know, as far as uh, I think I did pick the Gospel of John. I was writing down the letters, uh, you know, the epistles that I thought would be good and just particular verses. And then Gary, this is a funny part of the story. We've laughed about this a lot. Gary was uh, rushing me and he said, well, come on, Michelle, you're going to overwhelm them. And I thought, oh my goodness, coming from you who just wanted to uh, go to one more house. You know? But, but uh, that was kind of funny because he was literally never in a hurry. Uh, but he, he did tell me, you don't want to overwhelm them. But anyway, I said, no, 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 Gary, I need to, I'm never going to see him again. I need to do this. I've got to write this down for him. But uh, like I said, we've had a few laughs over that. Um, and, and of course, I do, Teresa, I'm sure you remember me telling you, oh, we're, you, you were saying you were praying for us and hope, with, you know, things would go well. And I said, oh, we're not evangelizing. <laughs> do you remember? I was like, we're not doing that part. But uh, once again, God has other plans, and like Bobby said, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that conversation that we had, but it was funny. Uh, anyway, uh, just talk about how God orchestrated all these things. I mean, think about it. All of the things that occurred leading up to this particular day for this man. Um, here was a man that wasn't saved, couldn't read, didn't go to church, no podcast, no TV, just the Holy Spirit preparing his heart for that moment. And I mean, what are the odds that that would happen at the end of the wooded path from the house we helped build on our last day before leaving because Gary wanted to go to just one more house? <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and it really just goes to show how God can use all circumstances, you know, for our good and his glory. And, uh, of course, there are scriptures that tell us that. You know, he does use all circumstances, good and bad, for, for our good and his glory. And he did in this man's circumstance with his hand. Um, and then someone like me from Diamond Hill Baptist Church in North Carolina would have the privilege of seeing that moment to share this with you all. I mean, really, what is the statistical probability? You know? Um, and, you know, and I was very adamant about not going to evangelize because I felt very unqualified, you know. I, 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 I was just, I didn't feel qualified. But yet, despite me being adamant, uh, in God's loving kindness, he still chose to bless me with this experience. And it just really impressed on me. Our God is so good. I mean, consider, seriously, consider how many people were blessed in this moment, just this, in this one story, you know. He's so gracious, so merciful, so loving, and so patient. 
And I've just really been overwhelmed with that. I mean, and I have had a lot of laughs, um, joyous laughs, I will say, over our plans versus God's plans. And then one last comparison between America and Honduras. In Honduras, there's so much earthly poverty. They have to put all of their hope in the Lord. They're desperate. Uh, Matthew 18.3, Jesus says, unless you're converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And think about that. Children are totally dependent on their parents for shelter, food, health care, and all those basic needs that I mentioned. Um, Children are not self-reliant. And it just reminded me of some of the people we saw in in Honduras. They just had an absolute and complete need for God to take care of them. And it seemed to me that many of the people were genuinely loving and receptive to the gospel. And I just kept thinking of Jesus saying, he who has ears, let him hear. In America, there's so much earthly poverty, but there's a vast... There's not so much earthly poverty, but there's a vast spiritual poverty. We are puffed up on knowledge and self-reliance. We think we're able to meet all of our own needs. We're independent. We think all of our ideas are the the best and the brightest ideas, and and we have all the answers, and we can just figure everything out for ourselves. So many Americans, they're not receptive to the gospel and not a bit loving. You can't just knock up, uh, you know, just walk up and knock on someone's door and say, hey, you know, can can we come in and talk for a while? I mean, uh, You're just not going to get that here. And just never mind all the parables in the Bible about the busyness of life robbing us of our relationship with God and how that basically sums up the American, chasing the American dream for the American dollar. And that was just a a striking contrast to me as well. In Matthew 19, Jesus, uh, Jesus said it is hard, but not impossible, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard and asked, who then can be saved, he said, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And God gave me a glimpse of the possibilities he has in store for those that will trust and believe in him. No matter where we are, if we realize how much we really need God for everything and truly trust him and believe what he says, he will give us all that same mercy and grace that I saw really uh, overwhelmingly abounding in Honduras. The Bible says every good and perfect gift is from God. And in Matthew 7, Jesus said, even evil men know how to give good gifts to their children. So how much more will our Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And in Matthew 13, Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. There are some other stories, and maybe uh, if anybody's interested, I can tell you a really interesting story about a man named Moses Solomon sometime. But uh, my one big takeaway is just how God works and how much scripture really came to life as I saw, as I watched it being played out and how God does fulfill his promises. Um, but most of all, we, I, we just learned a lot through the fellowship we had, seeing how people were so loving and accepting of the gospel. Mike always had some words of wisdom to share with us over breakfast or when we were riding. Uh, he really blessed us. Gary really encouraged Bobby and I personally. Um, in our marriage, just, and I really appreciate what Gary did, but he really encouraged us to be diligent, to read scripture and pray together every day. Uh, And we have done that, we we do. Uh, It's really, you know, it's been really wonderful. Um, It was real pleasure getting to know Matt more and laughing and joking with him. Uh, Ashley has really been a great source of encouragement to me and Bobby over the past few years and a great example of Christian friendship as well. And Aston and Vilma, really demonstrated patience with me and Bobby as we were nervous and fumbled our words with evangelism, kind of like I'm fumbling now. (laughs) But but they really showed us love and patience as you are supposed to show a weaker brother. And I had the pleasure of picking Aston's brain on the long ride back to the airport for him to explain more about what it truly means to believe in Jesus and how to evangelize. Uh, He even recommended reading Martin Luther's commentary on Galatians, which I purchased. It's actually thicker than the Bible, so I'll get back with y'all in a few years on that. I don't know. I don't know when I'll get that read, but anyway. um, So really, just the fellowship and just what I witnessed and experienced with my brothers and sisters in Christ and the people in Honduras, it just shows me that everything that that the Lord says in Scripture, it's true, and he, he... keeps his word like he does what he says I mean believe what he says you know um and and I guess finally the last scripture that 
has really been a, been a drumbeat of my heart is 1 Corinthians 13, and I'll just paraphrase, but basically you can know all the things and do all the things, but without love it's nothing. So we all really need just to get serious about depending on Jesus like that, uh, you know, like, like as a child does, uh, believe what he tells us. And the way you're going to know what he tells us is read your Bible, and you'll you'll see what he has to say. And then when you start seeing it come to life, it's 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 life changing, you know. And most of all, um, everything just absolutely must be tempered with love. So, with that, I'll just turn it over to Matt, and thank you guys for being patient with me. So. so it's. Um it's interesting to, to listen to all my brothers and sisters that, that went on the trip. And we never really told each other what we were talking about. We, we kind of went through different uh, ideas of what we were, we were talking about. Um, but man, how, how omniscient is our God? Not only for the stuff that is in uh, our daily life, not only for the stuff that, that we want for ourselves or we want for the people that are sitting in this room or we want for our family. But you just heard story after story of the omniscience of God using people from Statesville, North Carolina and fulfilling prayers of people in Honduras. So think about that for just a minute on, there's so many times we bottle up God in a very small package because it's something we can understand. Um, and it, it, it's way beyond our comprehension. There's nothing we can, we can never understand the things that he has for us, that he has for the people we've talked about. Um, for anything from the beginning of time till now to the end of time. Um, so just quickly, the picture you're looking at here, and to put it into a little bit of perspective, uh, and we kind of talked about this, you guys see a picture of four people outside. Um, what I'm sure Bobby sees and what I see is to the right was a field of cows. We just came from a house where probably 15 roosters, a couple of cats, some motorcycles, were all over the place. Uh, ahead of us were two ox that couldn't get rocks out of a river. And from the picture of this, it looks daylight. It was getting close to dark. So the difference between what you see and what we see when we look at that picture is the same as when you hear Ashley talking about the percentages of, of how much they make. Um, you hear about it, you hear how blessed we are in this country, you hear about all these things, but until you see it, it doesn't hit here. It hits here all day long, it doesn't hit here. And from what Michelle said, those are some of the happiest kids I've ever seen in my life. They don't have shoes, they're kicking a ball that we would have thrown in the garbage a long time ago, and they're as happy as they can be. So. I've been on a, a, a few mission trips with this church. The Lord has, has granted me an opportunity to do those things. And this one was different. Um, but it was in the same, it was the same as in the aspects of we all went, and I do think it's funny to hear, I'm not going to evangelize. I'm going to do this. We're going to do where God has placed us. Um, and that's exactly what we did. I was in uncomfortable situations. Um, Bobby was in those same uncomfortable situations. Michelle, Ashley, Mike, I, I, you probably weren't uncomfortable. You were good. You were good. So it was, it was very eye-opening. This particular, and I, I know we're running a little short with time, so I'll, I'll jump into this particular picture. The guy in the red shirt, his name's Jimmy. And Jimmy was one of those guys that was on the side of the road that was, was doing very, let's say, not good things for money when he had to do things. The Lord grabbed a hold of Jimmy, converted him, and one of the places that we had just come from, probably 10 minutes prior to that, we sat and talked to the people, and they said, did you know Jimmy 
before, like a year ago. And they said, oh, yeah. He said, well, is he the same now as he, was, as he is? Is he the same now that he was? And they said, no. The question that opened our opportunity to share the gospel with them was, what's different? And, of course, they said, we don't know, which gave us an opportunity to share uh, what had changed in Jimmy and gave him an opportunity to share, too. And, Cohen, if you can go to the next one. Yeah, in the, the middle of the video when the kids were singing, Jimmy was the, the children's pastor of that church. So uh, one interesting thing about that is when we get up here, and, and I just did it, I can, I can be one to say I don't have my Bible in my hand. Jimmy had it in his hand and wouldn't put it down. So that's a little bit of a different, different aspect. Very quickly, the picture you're looking at here is a lady named Anselma and her son Alexander. That's the lady that we built a house for. <clears throat> And you can, you can go and build a house and say, we put block down and we did this and we did that. But the, the omniscience of God, we went to uh, Vilma's house for lunch one day. And she had no idea where we were going, had no idea what was going on. She knew we were there doing things. And we're talking about what we're doing. I was like, yeah, I got a picture of the, of the house we're going to and where it's at. And, and Vilma is a very talkative person in her own home. And the minute I showed her a picture of where we were, she instantly stopped. She stopped talking and sat there maybe 15, 20 seconds. And she said, I talked to those people, specifically that little boy, a year ago. And they had gone around and evangelized to them. And they said, well, what can I help you with? Well, the little boy said, I, I, I'd really like to have a house. Because their house wasn't big enough to put the bed you saw in the video at the end, their house wasn't big enough to put a bed in. Um, so she told him, she said, I will pray earnestly that God will bring you a house. And lo and behold, a year later, people from Statesville, North Carolina are building this guy a house. So if that's... Um, if that doesn't show you the omniscience of God and knowing where to put people... Um, there, there's not really other, any other explanation I can give as to we were vessels used to give that boy a house. Um, and I've, like I said, I've been on some mission trips, and then the Lord has granted me an opportunity to go on some. Uh, the camaraderie you have with people on a trip like that, it, it changes the game. It really does. Um, and as much as you say, I'm going to bless them, I'm going to build a house, I'm going to evangelize, I'm going to do whatever, you get more evangelism sent your way than you would sending out if you're willing to go. So at the same time, I would, I would encourage, again, like Ashley said, we're looking at potentially doing another trip this year. So if that's something you'd be interested in, you can come up to any one of us and and we can look at a time and a date that would work best for everybody. But I will go ahead and tell you, if he gives me a date, I'm, I'm there again. So we'll do it. But I appreciate your time, and I'll let Mike close it out. First of all, I want to say thank you for the church for praying for us. Thank you for the gifts that you've given. And may the Lord use them for his glory. Church, I have several things I'd love to say, but I don't have time because um, I'm supposed to be at Charlotte Douglas Airport in 40 minutes to pick up my grandson. So he's coming in from Chicago and uh, Lisa and I'll be driving immediately after the service to pick him up. So please understand if I, I we'll, we'll be able to talk later and I'll be able to tear, share some stories with you. I've got some many powerful stories of what God's doing and what God has done. But we went to share the gospel and to build a house for this family. We also went to visit and make disciples for Jesus. And I gotta tell you this story. Ashley's mom and dad, Gary and Debbie Hall, sponsored one of the girls there in Honduras. They never met her. So they found out that she was from a very poor family and we bought $200 worth of groceries 
but we didn't, I didn't know that we had to carry them up the mountain to her house. She lived up in the mountains. And the girls carried and the men carried. And it was steep, I'm telling you, I could reach out and have to pull myself up by the rocks climbing the trail to get up to their house. When we got up there, we shared the gospel. Her dad, mom, and sister were there and about a dozen roosters and chickens. And we started sharing the gospel for two hours. Ashton shared the gospel, interpreting. And at the end of the conversation, the roosters had been crowing about a hundred yards away. But when we came to decision time, they came within five yards of where we were and they were crowing their heads off. And I and Gary started praying, God, would you please shut those roosters up? We couldn't hear ourselves think. And those roosters were crying. And immediately, I'm not exaggerating, immediately, God shut the beaks of those roosters. And they stopped crowing. And the family gave their heart to the Lord. The husband, the, the, the wife, and the sister all gave their heart to the Lord. And uh, we had a wonderful time of visiting with them up in the mountains. I can't tell you about all the hospital visits. Oh, I'm telling you, it was, it was powerful. One guy was shot in the arm and he came through and, and lodged in his other arm, missed all the arteries and everything. And he still had the bullet in his arm. He was in the hospital. We gave witness to him and he made decisions to trust Christ as his savior. I wanna say succinctly if I possibly can, there's a lot of needs in a third world country. And if you can help us, we're going to try to send another box. Uh, Letha and I sent a box this past week and uh, I sent a cross to be put on the front of the church that I made and they'll take a, they'll mount it and then take a picture of it. And I'm hoping they'll send it to us as soon as I'll show it to you when it comes. But there's a lot of needs I want to share with you some of them. There's a need for women's summer clothing. There's a need for tennis shoes and flip-flops. They also have a need for makeup and nail polish, for shirts and pants for men, and for hats. If you could donate some of those things, bring them here, we'll put them in a box and ship them there all together and it'll cost about $200 to ship a box over there. Um, I want to say one other word before I close. It's one thing to go halfway around the world to tell somebody about Jesus. But I believe we validate what we do over there by what we do right here. Church, we have a mission field right here in our own backyard. And we need to be on mission, serving the Lord, sharing the gospel right here. Ashton delighted, delighted in putting Matt and Bobby and Michelle on the spot and in, out of their comfort zone and giving them testimonies, leading them in prayer, doing all kinds of things. And, and we, he was, we were talking about that in the car. And, he said, yeah, I just love making them squirm. <laughs> and they were squirming, but it was, it was wonderful. They did get a wonderful job of sharing the gospel. We need to get out of our comfort zone and go share the gospel 